And so he takes him up to the schoolroom and he uncovers the painting. Yeah. And Bowser's like, why do you have this painting of a weird guy? And he's like, well, look, it has your signature on it. <gasps> if I was Basil, I'd be like, why did you paint over my painting? That's this is we weird. About. Like, I agree. <laughs> it is weird that his first thought is like, oh my god. But Basil is fine to be Magic. like- Magic. Yeah, no, this is definitely- <laughs> This time it's not a not a house. The first week we're not in a house. Oh whoa, we're not in a house. We're not in a house. That's crazy. We're in a portrait. We got we got to the to Dorian Gray and the picture of Dorian Gray pretty quickly in this one though. That's true. Which is it's great. Um Yes. This book is 161 pages, and in the first ten pages we are already We got Dorian and we got a painting of Dorian. We got all of the above. Over the past 72 hours, we have read 161 pages of the picture of Dorian Gray. Actually, the uncensored picture of Dorian Gray, which we'll get to in a minute. And we have watched just under six hours of film adaptations. How are we feeling? I am feeling frustrated with the adaptations, mostly. And also a little bit in love with the original. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that all you can And just Oscar Wilde's way of writing. This may be our one male writer for these five weeks, yes. but we do, there's a reason he's the only. He, there is like definitely a, a reason. So just to intro this this book, The Picture of Dorian Gray was originally written as a kind of a, it was published in a magazine. And then the magazine censored it a bit before publishing it. And then later Oscar Wilde both censored it himself and expanded it into a full novel, which he then published. So we read the original script that he wrote before the magazine censored it. Yes, and before his indecency trial, which was a part of the reason that he did edits, and also just to like improve on the story and flesh things out a little bit. So both were true with the first published novelization of it. Yes. The version published in the magazine was the one used against him in court for his indecency trial to prove his character. April 26th, 1895, uh, for 25 counts of gross indecency. 25? 25. Buddy. And that is a whole other story with how that came about. Then he used to say he was between a rock and a hard place on that trial and ended up dying a few years after it just from kind of poverty and... He was sentenced to two years hard labor. Yes. Um, And he was already sick, I believe, when that happened. I don't think he was... He had a great health throughout his life. No. And so that really destroyed his health and then he ended up being impoverished in France for like a couple years after. Yeah, he couldn't really sell anything after it either and that was kind of his only way of supporting himself. It's very sad. (laughs) I get sad every time we talk about Oscar Wilde. Yes, me too. But largely before his trial and before his downspin in life, he wrote the majority of the picture of Dorian Gray. This might not be podcast material, but he wrote this. And so it was published in the the magazine. And because I think he, I forget whether it's the novel version or the magazine version, but Lord Douglas, 
mm-hmm. who was his lover and then his whose father, his father sued, sued him. him for well he sued Lord well, Douglas and then Lord Douglas counter sued essentially yes. saying no I, it's I true right yeah and so they, this is what brought them together though Lord Douglas the picture of Dorian Gray was, no Lord Douglas was a fan oh like a giant fan oh. he had like many copies of this one of the first things that they did he signed a copy and like got it engraved or like something like that and this is what brought them together oh that that said something to me well that ruined my day (laughs) not actually but it's just like oh there's something really poetic about that and i hate it yeah and i kind of love it but i mostly hate it especially having read like i didn't finish you know, Dave Profundus. Profundus. Yeah. But like having read most of that. Yeah, where it's so. Oscarod wrote a great, varied many things, some of which were the very deeply sad things that he wrote while imprisoned after his trial, one of which was De Profundus, which I mean, I recommend. It's really good. It's a very good read. It's essentially a letter to Lord Douglas. Yes, it was not printed as such, but that's essentially what it is. Um, but he talks a lot about his mother and kind of the, the downturn of his life. And Lord Douglas is the one who coins the love that dare not speak its name. But um, that's definitely Which echoed I think was something in... said before. Yes. But I think it was used in court against him. Yes. from Lord Douglas. Yes. But that is definitely echoed in this letter, De Profundis, which is not what we read, but we suggest it. It's, it's very good. Yeah, but Oscar Wilde is a really fascinating writer. I mean, he did a lot of comedy. You could definitely see in the... So I have not read the first novelization. I've only read the uncensored version. Emma has read both now. But what I will say is that you can see a lot of Oscar Wilde's like comedy things coming through, like his he's comedy skills. Yeah. He's really playing with it um, in a way that's really fun. Henry. So like if you've read any of his like comedic plays, you can definitely see that coming through yeah. in the writing here, especially with like Lord Harry and all that. Harry. Harry. <laughs> yeah, but a, a really interesting and sad study of like queerness in late 19th century England in this book. Apparently, just a very short microcosm of that in kind of on a meta level and uh, within its text. Oh, his his prologue. His preface. 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 I'm also doing great with words today. But like that ends with like art is all art is quite useless. That yeah, which thing. he did not print in the first printing of this novel, but he added later when people were like, wow, this... This was his defense of the novel. Yes, his, his defense of the novel was essentially like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. It's fine. Well, but it's also interesting because this is all about a painting. Yes. This is not about Dorian Gray. This is about painting. Yes. For those for those of you who are not aware of the story of the picture of Dorian Gray, which I think which has kind of into. entered our public consciousness a little bit, the basic thesis is there's this guy named Dorian Gray, and his friend paints him a picture, and it turns out that the picture ages. Because he wishes it to, because he's sad that he will grow old and the painting will not. The picture grows old and in many ways actually just like shows his soul more so than his like physical age. Well, he stays young and beautiful and and unchanged. So that's an idea that has entered a lot of other like pop culture things. To my knowledge, all kind of starts with this book. It's possible there were other depictions beforehand, but I I just don't. Not that I know of. So, So very much it's a book that questions, even though Oscar Wilde is kind of claiming art for art's sake, the book is very much looking at an artistic process from many angles and saying like, what is revealed of the person creating it in the art what is revealed of the person depicted in the art? What is the the use of doing this at all? What what is the use of art compared to these other things we feel as humans like 
love and hate and everything. And in a way, these aren't, like, super... These aren't, like, explicitly stated in the text, but I would say it's, like, some of them are. <laughs> some of them are. Some of them are. But a lot of it is more just a an undercurrent that I think people don't always pick up on. Certainly, as we saw yeah. in adaptations. That's definitely true. And I think it's just questioning how much stock are we really putting in art. Mm-hmm. Because there are moments where Dorian Gray's like, this is my soul. This is everything that I am. I can't change it because I can't... Like, I can't change myself because I'm not showing up changed in the portrait. I can't erase what I've done. I can't change it. But, like, in a way that he could have acted better. And yet yes. he keeps on being like, I can't because of the painting. Yeah. I can't because it is my soul. It becomes, in like, a, a cyclical thing. It could just be being, like, taking stock of, like, things that he has looked like. Yeah. Instead of being, like, he, he projects so much onto it and gives so much of himself up into this painting. He's also, like, really immediately, like, oh, this is my soul. This painting is my soul. He, he accepts it really easily. Yeah. And, like, that's why he's, like, oh my gosh, I am so wonderful, I am so beautiful when the painting is beautiful. And he accepts that, too. Yes. Oh, boy. So, in the novel itself, we start off with Basil Halbert. Basil? I swallowed that name as I was saying it. <laughs> we can just say Basil, because I don't remember the last name. Basil Halbert. That's the last name. <laughs> and his friend, Lord Henry Wotton, who is also known as Harry, or Harry, Lord Harry. Because he's just a bloke when it comes to it. He's when swath, it comes down to it, he's... But he's just a normal bloke. He's just a bloke going down to Nando's for a, to for a pint. his things. <laughs> And smoking opium. But, you know, he does many things. It does, like, the second page is, like, and he's smoking an opium cigarette, and it's like, all right, Henry, great. <laughs> Why not? Good for you. He's in the country. You do whatever you want in the country. You really do. That's an importance of being earnest. That, that is. Situation. <laughs> so Basil is, the whole thing with Basil is that he is himself quite dull. Or not necessarily dull, but just, like, Harry describes him as being dull. It's hard to, it's hard to say what he is and what Harry has decided he is. Harry decides Harry a, a lot, lot of things. Of yeah. He has a lot of opinions. But according, according to our dear Harry, who is not dear, Basil is so dull because he puts everything into his paintings. And so yes. everything interesting about him, everything worth being around mm-hmm. is in those paintings yeah and basil is not interesting and he says this is true of all great artists they yes put all of themselves and you can be a good a terrible artist and an interesting person but not a great artist and an interesting person yes which was also so. fun because he he makes a he has a line about a terrible poet is the best person to be around and oscar Wilde very much had a douglas <laughs> Lord Douglas. Oscar Wilde definitely had like a reputation as a fun person, so it's almost funny to see him being like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I think he also, in in moments of like deeper funness, there are also yes. moments where he's like, I'm not a fun person to be around. Yes. So I think it is a lot of ways, he, he has this he has this thing that he said, where he said Basil is him. Yes. Lord Henry is who the world thinks he is. And Dorian Gray is who he'd be in another lifetime, or like a parallel yes. world. And so I think he, he really does see himself as like that like person who has given everything into his work and now is nothing. Yes, absolutely. Um, but they're having a fun little chat at the beginning. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what if, yes, that's really intense. What if we just sob throughout this entire podcast? Uh, if we didn't sob during Ten of Oddfell Hall, I feel like we could make it through. That's true, I think we'll make it. So uh, Basil and Harry are having a fun little chat, and throughout the conversation, Basil is kind of really focused on this portrait he's been painting, which is of someone who Lord Harry does not know, but is named Dorian Gray. He's very protective of Dorian. He doesn't want to tell his name at first, he doesn't want to introduce him to Harry because Dorian is innocent and he is lovely and you gotta preserve that. 
You have to. Just a wee bit in love with him. <laughs> Just a wee bit. He says, I think quite literally first five pages, he says, all of my art is him now. So there's this idea of Dorian Gray being this sort of muse without knowing yes. it to Basil. And there's something also that Basil shares with Harry that it is very much a, a romance of a kind that has colored all of his interactions with Dorian since they've met and since he started painting him. And he has this idea that like now his heart, his heart, his art is getting better because yes. it is Dorian. And even that it is Dorian when Dorian's not there. He said yes. he's most present in like his landscapes. Yes. Because everything is Dorian. Everything is Dorian. Ain't that the feeling? So then they meet Dorian. Yeah, and then Dorian shows up. Dorian is fascinated with Lord Henry over here. Yes. Um, and Henry is... He's interested. Interested. He's not really fascinated. He's more like, this is interesting to have this, like... This dynamic. Kid around here. <laughs> not kid, but like... But like, kind of kid. Kind of kid. He's like uh, a... He's an old boy. <laughs> yeah, this, like, innocent person around. And he almost... I think it comes later, but, like, Lord Harry is just so fascinated beautiful. with the idea of, like, this boy learning how to, like, be bad in whatever form that takes. And he has this whole conversation with Dorian being like, he's preaching kind of to mm -hmm. Dorian how much he should appreciate being young and beautiful because he's going to lose it and then the world will stop. Yes, the world is caring his. about him, basically. The world is his for a season mm. and just one. And they keep on talking about flowers. They keep talking about flowers. Because... Carnation moment? <gasps> Who can say? But the, but there's the, that constant like, you will wither and die, and but you will not come back next season. Which is a cool thing to put into his head. So then, of course, when Basil finishes the painting and it's Dorian sees it. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. Incredible. Like, the best thing Basil has ever done. It's an exact likeness and Dorian is beautiful. So that's, you know. But he never. How that works. Really saw himself as incredibly beautiful before this. No. And, so and he now, looks like. upon this painting and he's like, oh, now I understand how incredibly beautiful I am. And also Basil has. Not Basil. Harry's been, like, hyping him up the whole time. Harry like, has been very so much beautiful. hyping him up. And Basil was doing the same thing, but, like, somewhat importantly, Dorian didn't take it as much when Basil did it. He was just kind of like, yeah, that's what Basil does. He, he flatters me. He flatters you know, me. It's fine. He just does that. <laughs> so I think he, he is aware that Basil, like, feels something, but he's just not going to talk about it. No, it's he's very Victorian. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But he is fascinated by Lord Henry. Yes. So, and then, so when Henry tells him about how his youth will wither, and then he sees this painting, which is immortalized, that Henry says, Henry you know, says, like, this yeah. painting will stay the same forever, but you will age and wither, and this season will no longer be yours. So Basil says, at least you were like it in appearance, but it will never alter. That is something. And then... That is something. That is something. For a second, I thought that was something that he was saying, and I was like, what? Nope. That, no, that is what he says. That is, he says well, yeah, that is something. Where? Okay, wait. Where is the thing Close where you say, I want it to stay the same forever? Oh, yeah, he does try to rip up the, the portrait. I forgot. Basil um, does, doesn't it? And then he, Dorian Gray feels very protective of this portrait. Yes. I am in love with it, Basil. Okay. part of myself, I feel that. How sad it is. How sad it is. I shall grow old and horrid and dreadful. But this picture will remain always young. It will never be older than this particular day of June. If it was only the other way, if it was I who were to be always young and the picture that were to grow old, for this, for this, I would give everything. Yes, there is nothing in the whole world I would not give. And there's a moment later where Basil calls the painting the real Dorian. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's very much playing with the kind of the aestheticism. Dorian also kind of becomes angry at Basil for a moment for saying, like, I'm, I'm nothing more than a piece of art to you. When... 
to be clear, Basil hasn't told him that, like, he now feels that all of his art is really influenced by Dorian, and... He, he picks up on it. I don't think Basil has been subtle, even if he hasn't been talking about it. I agree. I just think that Dorian kind of interprets it in a way that is very, like, dehumanizing, when I think that Basil is viewing it in a way more... Is it not something dehumanizing about being amused, though? I agree. Yeah. No, you're right. But it's interesting to see Dorian pick up on that, but only after Henry's kind of been like, well, your youth, your youth and your beauty is what matters. And after he has wished for the painting to take on all of, like, his wrinkles and sins and everything. Yes. So has essentially asked for the painting to be the real him. Yeah. It's an interesting dichotomy there. With that, Harry and Dorian become fast friends, and they start, you know, going to the opera and... Going other places together. He is under Harry's wing. And yet, in his own free time, has stumbled upon this little theater uh, where there is a person performing by the name of Sybil Bain, a 17-year-old girl who is, according to him, an extremely good actress and is really lifting up the whole production every night. He just wants to see her, like, at the peak of her career and, and everything. And there, it's very much tied to this artistry that she is able to bring about on stage that he just becomes yes. fascinated with her. And he come, becomes fascinated, he, he says, with, with Juliet, with Rosamond, with all these parts she is playing. It's he, Shakespeare. He finds her, yes, it's all Shakespeare. And so it's very much a fascination with, she is always new, she is always different. She's always experiencing these artful things. Mm -hmm. And so he has a lovely conversation with Lord Henry, saying, I, I love this, this woman, this mm -hmm. girl. Sorry, not yeah. woman. <laughs> She's um, 17. <laughs> and then he kisses her, and he's like, ah, must get engaged. Yes, and because it's kind of, purity. it's one of those things where it's like, maybe they slept together, maybe they didn't. But either way, they're getting married now, so whatever. He did something with her that he feels he now has to marry her, in a certain extent. He also wants to marry her. He wants to Most marry importantly. Her. He's very excited about this. He's, He's very excited. She's going to keep him good, as women do. Women keep you good, and that's all they do. And Lord Henry is like, eh, what's marriage for? Well, and Lord Henry's also very much like, it's engagement, it's not marriage. Yes. We're fine. Yeah. Um, Basil doesn't love it. Anyway, so Dorian is very excited. He's like, you must meet my wife. You must see her act. My fiancé. Um, crucially, yes. My fiancé. You must see her act. They all go together. But tonight, Sybil is terrible. And Dorian Gray is sitting there and he's getting madder and madder. And his friends are there. Mm -hmm. um, she's playing Juliet and she's, she's butchering it. Juliet. She's terrible. Destroying this art. And so then his friends leave after the performance and he goes to her and he is in a fury he's like you you destroyed it you embarrassed me tonight um, you've ruined my love for you you've ruined my love for you by not being that good and what she essentially says is like well you ruined my art for me by by giving me this love but she's still thankful for it she's thankful she's, she's happy not, about it she, she's happy because now instead of the theater being everything to her now Dorian is everything to her. Yes. And so now she's like, oh, I will move on to this new life, this wonderful new life. Mm -hmm. I I'm actually living this real love in this real, this real way. Yes. And Dorian Gray thinks that is terrible because he, she destroyed the art. Yes. And, and that's what mattered in her. his vision of her. Yes. Which is also what matters in this situation completely. And so he, he says, like, I'm not... I'm not gonna marry- I don't love you. I don't want to marry you. Yes, like, I- I- I wish I never loved you, essentially, like, we'll never be married, we'll never have any of this, um, and she's- And so she's pleading on the ground at this point. Yes. Begging him to not leave. And he just- And he keeps saying these things, and then goes, and he has a whole scene where he's walking in the streets of London for hours, thinking about how she could possibly have done this to him. 
And then he goes back to his house. Goes back to his house, and he looks at the painting that his dear friend Basil painted for him, and he sees something a little weird in it. It looks a little <gasps> cruel around oh. the mouth. Around the mouth. Around the mouth. <laughs> where you hold your cruelty in the mouth. <laughs> As we all know. Of course. So he kind of chalks this up to like, yeah, it's night. The light's weird. And then he goes to bed and sleeps it off, wakes up in the morning and is like, I've been led astray by Harry. I need to go back to Sybil. I need to like... Well, no, he, and then he pulls back the curtains. Oh, no, wasn't it? He, he'd been walking for so long. He'd been walking then he, for so long, he, then, he then came it back. was morning. Okay, yes. so then he pulls it open and he's like, oh my gosh, I must repent. No, but then he, rep- he decides to repent in the morning. He decides to repent in the morning. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. I, no, I no, think no, he we'll does pull open the court curtains. Yeah, yeah. The curtains. The curtains. He pulls open the curtains and so he's like, not... "Oh, it's actually changed. Yeah, something is is weird and wrong here, but it's n- enough of like a not change. He's kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. I'm probably not in the right state of mind. It's fine. I'll things. just go to bed. And then he goes to bed and he wakes up and it's still the same. And he says, "Lord Harry's ruined me. I need to like, I need to change. I need to, I need to change. That was bad. He got a letter from Harry that morning, but he just didn't because open it. he's not going to let." him control him anymore yes um, and he writes a letter to sybil and he sends it off and then harry shows up at his home he's led in by his his french footman victor shout out to victor even if you don't like jam love you victor uh yeah there's another serving person mrs leaf who is who's like all these foreigners they don't they, they all like compotes instead of jam <laughs> um yeah so victor hates jam it's canon so then lord henry is like he's like you know, first of all he's like i'm so sorry for what happened oh, with sybil yeah. and, and dorian gray's He's like, oh, I'm gonna marry her. It's all Don't good. Worry. I realized the error of my ways, and he's and like, uh, he's like, no, she, no, is you're not. Dead. She killed herself. There's gonna Don't be an inquest. Let's hope that you're not like implicated in it. Yes, because she, it looks like she accidentally swallowed something when she went back to her room. Accidentally. Let's just hope they weren't like saying your name at the theater, essentially. Yes, yeah. Which she did not say his name at the theater at all. She didn't know his name. She didn't. That's right. She didn't, she know, didn't his name. know his name. She called him all Prince of Charming. <laughs> Gross. If somebody calls you Prince Charming, no. If a 17-year-old is calling you Prince Charming, nope. Don't. I'm out. Don't do it. So at this point, he's he's realized his one opportunity to repent and make better his, his portrait is gone because she is dead. Yes. And there's nothing that he can do about it. But Lord Henry makes sure he knows that it's a beautiful thing to have someone die for you, for love of you. And so Dorian kind of, basically because he has, he has no other way to figure out what is happening around him, decides to believe this and kind of adopt that philosophy of it just being another experience. Yeah. So he goes out to the opera with Harry that night. And the next morning, Basil comes to see him and is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't, I didn't know the news. How are you doing? Like, this is a big thing. Yeah. And I'm Dorian's kind of like, you. I'm fine. I was at the opera. It's all good. <laughs> there was actually a moment where Basil's like, they, I just came back last night and they said you were at the opera and I know that must be wrong because you must be grieving. Yeah. And Dorian's like, no, no, no. I was at the opera. Yeah. Dorian's like, time. I was cut up for like a minute. But then like. But Floyd Henry and I talked. We're all good. We're fine now. It's all good. I'm fine. I'm normal. It was beautiful for her to die for me. And I was like, all right, can I see my painting? <laughs> it was in his like drawing room. And then he put a, put a screen in front of it to, to hide it during all this. Mm-hmm. So it is still in the room with them. Dorian doesn't want to show it to him. And he kind of says like, there's something about it that... I think it was like, I saw something in it that I, I don't want to share. Yes. Or that makes it so I can never show it to anyone. Yes. And Basil... Basil kind of sits him down <laughs> and is like... So, like, I felt when I was painting it, there was this, like, romance in it. And I thought that I was, like, overthinking it while I was 
painting it because afterwards I thought it was just a great painting I had done. But did you read that in this painting? Did, did you, you see, see the like passion and, and romance that I felt for you? And Dorian's kind of like, aha, a way out. That That is it. I, I am uncomfortable with your feelings for me. So poor Basil just thinks he got hate crimed by his, <laughs> his crush, but that's whatever. And kind of friend. But, and I'm not sure how much that is in the novelization as compared that's, to the first written. It very much is like a, they kind of try to sidestep it by it being a, a romance for the art and just being like it's too personal to Basil in a way that is definitely I've read it and I was like that is that is them being gay um <laughs> but it, it is it's not explicitly so yes um at all whereas in the the uncensored it is Him pretty basically saying yeah I have feelings for you yes um, or I had feelings for you certainly while they I was showed painting us painting yeah yeah so basically Basil leaves He's not feeling great, he leaves, and Dorian decides that- He kind of takes it like a champ. Yeah, he's like, okay, that's that's fair. Because this is also, he had had a moment where he said, I, I will never show it to anyone. And so this is something that he's probably thought about mm -hmm. before. And so Dorian decides that nobody can ever see it. And so he decides it must be hidden. With the help of Victor, who he starts Victor. to become very paranoid of. Sorry, Vicky. Actually, and with the help of Mrs. Leaf, who has her complaint about jam, he gets it sent up to his old schoolroom, uh, which is where, in the uncensored, it was his uncle who took him in because his parents are dead. Mm -hmm. In the novel, it was his grandfather. But either way, someone who was not particularly kind to him, or someone who yes. he did not did not like a great deal, he sends it up to his old schoolroom, which is a, a place of innocence, but also a place of bad memories. Yes, very much so. And puts that up there with the kind of apparatuses of his childhood. Yes. And so it's a very like dusty, empty room that he then locks up afterwards. Yes. With only himself having the key. And then he lives his life. He lives his life. For between 12 and 20 years? I'm not sure how many. I think it was 14. I have no idea why. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it was That 14. is between 12 and 20. It is between 12 and 20. So during this time, he kind of lives with abandon. He, he's very much living by Lord Henry idea of kind of seeking sensations and seeing basically just how much you can experience. And that is through different kinds of art. That is through a, a lot of different physical kind of things, but that's also through different kinds of music. Through opium, through definitely different kinds of sex. It, it's through many different yeah. kind of things. Yeah, and there's a there's a whole chapter just kind of like listing these things. And I was like, why is this so hard to get through? And then I realized it's just listing all of these things he was doing over this course of his yes. life that all kind of rolled together in this sense of like, none of it was really important. He moved on from all of it. Or like, yes. it was important, but only in the moment. This is also the section that made me add um, just some, to get, just get some real quick Orientalism in there. Just real quick. So much. Um, and then also blood libel for a hot second. <laughs> this is the third book that's been a little weird about Jews. I feel like it's been more than that. There was... There's been at least one moment... Tenet Wafahal just did not approach it whatsoever. I think there was a moment when was they there? Saw, said something. Okay, There's been possible. at least one moment when somebody's been like, said something. Yeah. In all the books, I think. In this, there's a... The manager of the theater is a fat Jew, I think is the, yes. uh, the phrase. And then also there's this weird part where he's going through all his interests, and one of them is just, like, a Jewish doctor who used the blood of virgins and in inserted it into this guy. And it's like, all right, just some real quick blood libel. Just get that in real quick. Why? <laughs> you know when he flirts with Catholicism? Yeah, that's when he flirts with Catholicism. One of his, like, giant things... So he is... He gets really into tapestries. He gets really into jewels. He gets really into music. He gets really into Catholicism for a hot sec. Maybe he just has ADHD. Like, <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's it. And over this time, he becomes more and more 
incapable of either seeing himself in anything other than the painting and also in being away from the painting for too long. So at first he travels and then he kind of limits it as much as possible. I found, is sincerity such a terrible thing? I think not. It is merely a method by which we can multiply our personalities, which is also yeah, a good line. That is a very Oscar good line. Oscar just drops these lines sometimes. He does very often just drop a line. I think there's a way that Lloyd Henry sometimes says something that you're like, you just accept it. Yeah. And then it takes you, then I'm, like, I'll, I'll, I'd read it again and I'd be like, wait... <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's that's probably bad. There were times when it seemed to Dorian Gray that the whole of history was merely the record of his own life, not as he had lived it in act and circumstance, but as his imagination had created it for him, as if it had been in his brain and in his passions. It seemed to him that in some mysterious way their lives had been his own. And there's this way of kind of reaching into like the distant things instead of his. I think his uncle or, or his grandfather, depending on the version, is a big presence in this, mm-hmm. since he at some point says like. When I grow old, this and well, when this painting grows old, it's going to look like my my uncle grandfather in a way that's definitely has some of the horror of that mm-hmm. and of growing old is in growing old into him. And so, but I think it it is interesting in all these moments he's reaching towards these like centuries past things instead of trying, um, kind of an, as a way of avoiding like. You could look at some of your actions here. That what he is really thinking of this entire time is his uncle. Yes. And in this time, Henry also gave him a book about a guy named Raoul. It's a, so French, you know that it's, it's a French book. It's French, and there's a guy named Raoul in it. Scandalous. Scandalous. Um, and um, to which he says, Dorian Gray had been poisoned by a book. There were moments when he looked on evil simply as a mode through which he could realize his conception of the beautiful. So as his portrait is turning evil, it's kind of like this sick fascination with like, is that still beautiful in a way? But yeah, the portrait continues. And on his 32nd birthday, he runs into Basil Halbert, who is actually just leaving his home, Dorian's home. He'd been waiting. He is going to leave to Paris for an exhibition, but is not there yet. And wanted to just talk to Dorian. He was hoping to display the picture, but I think has somewhat given that up. It's yeah. also just kind of like, I want to talk because I've heard some things. Yeah. I haven't and seen you in a while. He seems troubled. Let's go check in. Yeah. And so in this conversation, he keeps on going on about all these things that Dorian is rumored to have done. And he doesn't mention too too many like solid things, but this, he d- is realizing there are a lot of people who have been close to him that have led very bad lives. Yes, who have been um, ruined in the eyes of society or who have committed suicide or confessed things on their deathbeds that seem to be inextricably tied to Dorian. And he says, like, when I look at you, I can't imagine these things. And yet... Because that's usually... Sin is usually written across the person's face. Yes. And yet, I hear all this about you all the same. Dorian gets mad. Dorian has not grown. He is still young. Still a petulant child. Acting like a petulant child. So he kind of goes into this whole fit... Until he, he, he at one point says, like, do you want to see my soul? Yeah. And, and Basil's like, only God can do that. That's impossible. Like, you're blasphemous at this point. Yeah. Maybe it is true, kind of. And Dorian's like, haha, no. Come with me up to this, this place. And he, he, I think he says, I have a diary I'll show you. But he, he basically says, like, I will show you my entire, all my sins. Mm-hmm. And so he takes him up to the schoolroom. And he uncovers the painting. Yeah. And Basil's like, why do you have this painting of a weird guy? And he's like, well, look, it has your signature on it. <gasps> if I was Basil, I'd be like, why did you paint over my painting? That's this is weird. About. Like, I agree. <laughs> it is weird that his first thought is like, oh my god. But Basil is fine to be Magic. like. Magic. Yeah, no, this is definitely. <laughs> 
he's having a hard time with this. He's he's instantly like, we must pray. Mm-hmm. We must try to save your soul. Yes. Um, and it is this kind of thing of like, I, I want to help save you. Yes, I want, I want you to be okay. And Dorian's kind of like, ah. Dorian's uh, very much blaming him this yes. entire time. He's um, saying, you made me aware of this. You made me... You made me this. You made me be able to get away with it at some point, too. Yes. Look at what you've made me. And he stabs him with a knife. And Basil dies. And he dun, stabs dun, him many dun. times. Oh, like, like a it's lot. a lot. It's like, he doesn't really mean to do it, but then he's doing it, and he does it a lot. Oh. Uh, and he looks at the painting, and the painting has, like, blood on its hands. And it's, it looks even more monstrous. Yes. And he calls up his... Friend Alan. Who's not a friend anymore. Alan does not want to be near him. We don't Alan know what happened with Alan, him. but we know that they were friends like two years ago. And suddenly Alan really hates his guts. Yep. So he, he tells Alan at one point, like, there, there's a man up there who committed suicide. And I need to get rid of his body. And it's, it's good because, you know, to commit suicide is such a terrible thing in the eyes of society. Mm-hmm. We'll just get rid of it and it'll be fine. Yeah. Alan's not having it. He's saying, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. And so Dorian's like, well, okay, I killed him. Yeah. And, and then he writes something on a piece of paper. Yeah. And he gives it to Alan. And Alan... Is like having the walls close in on him, I think is literally, literally something you yeah. say. But he, he's feeling, we think it's most likely something about him being gay. But it could also be many other things that Dorian has done and had others do. Yeah, um, it could be a lot of things. Uh, but it's a letter he's going to send to someone other than Alan. And so Alan's like, oh, okay, yeah. I hate you. Mm-hmm. And now I have to. So he yeah. goes up, he gets somebody to bring him some lab things. He's a chemist. Dorian won't even let him leave to get his own materials. He's like, no, 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 I'll send my guy who's not Victor anymore. Victor's gone. Victor's gone. It's a new guy who's English and not French. Ha ha. The Victor but, apparently just like got married and lived a different life. So if if that's what happened, maybe he, he killed moved Victor, to France. We'll find out. He moved to France with um, an English wife who made English dresses. Good for her. Not importantly at all, but <laughs> um, important to me. I want to know what Victor's to me, up to. Poor Victor. He's living a great life now, though. Okay. And Alan dissolves Basil's body until it's completely gone. And just a handful of ashes. Dorian burns his like bag and stuff like that. And so now it's kind of so taking care of. And then months pass, and we hear about, you know, Dorian's kind of trying to move on with his life and be better. Society's talking about all kinds of things, including, like, Lord Harry's getting a divorce. He and his wife were really this just, guy like, named Alan married died from suicide. Yeah, just a guy named Alan, you know. Dorian went to the countryside for a few days, which was very unusual for him, because he didn't like to be away from the, from the portrait. And yes. he found a girl who looked a lot like Sybil, but he did not deflower her. And that was his one Crazily. act of kindness. And so now he's thinking, I am, I like, I've, I've changed. I'm doing better now. The painting must show that. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he wants to see himself getting better. And so he goes up to uncover the painting. And yet, somehow it is worse. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of, like, maybe he did this for this selfish reason, so, like, it didn't matter that he... Exactly. Um, like, it was just, it was the same thing of trying something new. Even though it was good, it was still out of that same selfish place of wanting a new experience. He does not love this idea. But he thinks, why didn't I just destroy it all these years ago? I could have just lived my life without this painting. And I I could live a a good life and not have to see what some painting thinks of me. And so he decides to rip this painting apart, as, as Basil had once tried to do. He gets the knife, he stabs it, he rips it. He screams. He screams. And wakes up some of the nearby servants who, like, call the police because they're like, what's going on? Yes. And the police get there, and 
the door was locked and bolted in all its many ways, and they have to like crawl in through the window to find out what it was. They see this grotesque man lying on the floor and a picture of Dorian Gray that's hanging as everyone had known him. Picture the beautiful that everyone picture. Had seen. And they examine his ring, and that's when they find out that that is the body of Dorian Gray, who is now as the painting had looked. So the uncensored version doesn't have anything about like Sybil's brother. Jim. It really kind of just streamlines it to focus on just Dorian and like Dorian's experience. Um, so we don't have anything of like Dorian also being responsible for the death of Jim, who like comes to somewhat avenge his sister many, many years later and then is shot in a hunting party. We don't have any of that accidentally. Yes. Uh, we don't have any of that, but it is there. Um, and I think Dorian had seen him kind of around. He had been kind of stalking Dorian. So Dorian knew he was kind of in that area. So it was at some point. It was yes. more like he didn't say anything. But that is, um, I think, the only plot line that is, like, fully added in the novel. Yes. That we did not cover in our little... It's a good, it's plot, a good line. plot line. I would recommend it completely. Yes. What, what about you? Read it. I feel like we talked and said that earlier. I think it's worth... I just like Oscar Wilde's writing. So, you know, read it. Have a good time. Yes. Enjoy it. Yeah. Take your time with it. Take or don't. Or just read it. This is the kind of book you can read very quickly if you want to. You could do both, and I think still get a lot from it either way. Yeah. Pick up the uncensored version if you want to, but also pick up the novel. I think yeah. they're both interesting. I think the uncensored version is interesting in comparison to the origin to the yeah novel, but I think you know, both are worth reading. A lot of because it partly is like yes, he censors it a lot in the novel, but he also just adds he makes it a full length novel. It, interesting parts added. We love we love Jim. We love Jim. There's a little bit more thinking about like his relationship with his grandfather in a really interesting way, which I would recommend. But this uncensored version is also very interesting. And I think especially when contrasted with the novel. Interesting in the meta context of Oscar Wilde and his writings and all of these things. It's a great read on its own. And once you, like, if you learn a little bit more about his life, it gets really fascinating. It's really interesting talking about... Just kind of different power dynamics that kind of are forced into this. But also not always seeing those relationships as a bad thing. Yeah, that there is worth to them and there's this also... And kind of a beauty and artistry to them. Mm-hmm. Because they can kind of intellectually connect yeah. on that level. In a way that is misogynistic, but... Oh yeah, for sure. It also is interesting. Yeah. Harry is and just, quite a misogynist. Yes. And then I think those relationships, like the... The older man mentors the younger man is the only kind of real connection. Mm -hmm. I think he he kind of hints at that in his life and in his book. Which is very much going back to the Greek, like, ideas of love and the different forms of love. And maybe there is this more pure love that... This is an idea that isn't great. um, But, like, this intellectual love between, like, an older man and a younger man that is fostered through this teaching. Sad and not mad about it. Absolutely. Read it. Yes. So we watched three movies, the first of which was the 1945 Woo. The Picture of Dorian Gray. So this was, you know, like post-war. <laughs> but I think it was created during the war. There's another one. There's another one. We didn't watch it. Do you want to watch it right now? It's from 1973. Sorry, we missed one, guys. That's on us. There's another one. We missed one. Oops. Oscar Wilde's classic story about a mysterious young man whose painted portrait ages through the years while he remains young. Angela Lansbury is in it. She is. 
It's a great movie. Yes, it is. It's a fun watch. Suspense, horror, eerie, and haunting are the things. I think it, like most of the adaptations, I think it leads a little bit more into aesthetics than kind of ideas and philosophy behind it in a way that feels like it takes away. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. They they decide to have Dorian not emote. Dorian is, is a robot. So I think it's it's very much born of I think the actors knew kind of some of the history behind it. I think they understood that it was very much like a plot with homosexuality kind of driving a lot of it. Basil knew. Basil knew. Basil was happy. And fun. I think I think the person who played Dorian Gray knew. Yes. And he, he just didn't, didn't show it as emote. much. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, with, with moments with Basil, he kind of, he was, he was showing up there. And That's I think true. he did have, like, a fascination with Lord Henry that seemed a little... But Lord Henry was sadly, sadly the straightest character in that whole thing. And I think having Dorian be robotic when he is so often... I think th- there's multiple descriptions of, like, just the way he moves his hands as he is talking being musical. Mm-hmm. And so to have him be a robot felt harmful to my soul. He walks just like a board. He doesn't moving. It's like not This is this movie has so much Orientalism. So much. So the way that the wish comes true is because it's made next to a Egyptian cat statue. Yes, which I don't think is Orientalism, but it's you know that that like fetishization of and like the this Middle other. East. Yeah. yeah. And there is just a lot of Orientalism in the movie in terms of like he has all this art that's like Buddha and all of these like different I think and it's, it's very it's, present in the novel but yes. they but they have it from the beginning rather yeah. than like something he gets into as time goes on I think other people are doing it too which Victorian era isn't wrong yes absolutely it feels <laughs> in a way kind of like they're just like yes you know it's, it's 1945 this is what we do yeah and in a way that's also very clearly just like mixing cultures in a very confusing way where it's like you did no research <laughs> on yes. like what any of these things were so that's just that's present all the time they also painted the egyptian cat into the portraits because that's necessary yeah and like the cat is featured so prominently in all the like camera work it's just like it's distracting honestly it is distracting like this isn't about dorian gray this is about this cat statue that they say, they say this thing about like Egyptian mythology about like it's one of the thirty-two great gods, and it's like I don't, I don't know. But I'm not an I'm expert. I'm guessing it wasn't about this. Exactly. It was not in the book, and I don't think it is. No. They also decided to have Oscar Wilde exist in this universe. So they quote Oscar Wilde. They talk about Oscar Wilde at one point. Yes. Just in passing, but yeah, Sybil Vane is there, played she, by Angela Lansbury. Yes. But she's not an actress in this one. She doesn't act Shakespeare. She is a singer. Yeah, like a vaudeville sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a seedy kind of hub slash kind of theater. Yes. Not theater. And so she sings beautifully. He's in love with her. Blah, 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 blah. He takes her back to his house and like plays the piano for her and coerces her into having sex with him and then writes her a letter that's like, that was a challenge you and you failed. my perception of you. It's, wow, you would sleep with me before be marriage? And it literally has her like crying as she, he like asks her to stay. Like it's very... It's very clearly coerced. Yeah. And she just gives into it. There is a line about her being like, him being like, this is... Like, I love you. Like, and kind of like the the idea that it will lead to marriage. 
But no. So she kills herself. She kills herself. We see the portrait. This whole movie is black and white. This The portrait is in color a couple times. One of the times is after Simple Man kills herself, and we see this, like, oh, it's gotten a little bit weirder and whatever else. So it should be said, in this entire movie, both Dorian Gray and the portrait at at the beginning, look like they would gladly kill someone and are thinking about it. Yep. They want to. They want to. They're waiting for the opportunity. So it's not really a shock to me, but I'm pretty sure, based on the music, it was supposed to be a shock. He's, you know, 1945 hot. Which mm. isn't Greek looking at all. There's a lot of hair slicked back. It's, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. In my opinion, I, I'm not, no. There's this fun thing in this adaptation where Basil has a niece who is, um... Oh no, I forgot about this for a second. At the beginning, when Basil is painting the portrait, she comes into the room and she, like, adds a G to the painting because that's her name is Gladys. And it's like, oh, it's cute, it's whatever. They're, you know, he's trying to, like, be a good parent figure to her. And she goes over to Dorian and she's like, I promise that you'll stay just the way you are until I'm grown. And then he kisses her on the forehead and says yes. Which is so pedophilic. Lovely. It's Um, gross. Um, so of course, years pass. Yes, he that, then that's also not the sealed thing, but like yes, he then also asks that the painting ages instead of him. So it's kind of this layered promise of like he did say he was going to stay beautiful for a like four year old, but he also is kind of doing this for selfish reasons. So later, <laughs> we Gladys, watched it. Gladys is beautiful. She's older. She is of a marriageable age, and so yeah, and, and Dorian, Dorian thinks she is very pretty. And so he proposes to her. He's also been like going around to a bunch of taverns and like staring creepily at pianists and doing all sorts of things. He scares me. Gladys has this other person she also grew up with whose name is David. David likes her. David, David likes wants her. To marry her. But she likes Dorian, so they they get engaged. I think it's right after that. Oh no, it's so he kills Basil. That happens. That happens. And right after that, he gets engaged to Basil's niece. Yep. Adorably. A wild Um, thing to do. And um, when he kills Basil, there's like this hang lantern in the uh, portrait room. And Basil, when Basil dies, he um, he hits it on he his hits way it, down. and then it's just like swinging, and it's this like really scary thing of Dorian just like standing over him, and the <laughs> light just keeps changing. With like it was not that moment, much emotion on his face. No, not at all. And it was at that moment I was like, man, I don't like this movie, but I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> and so at that point, we decided that it was ridiculous enough that as a movie, kind of fun for like a 1945 movie. For a 1945 movie. But, like, as an adaptation, we have our doubts. We have our doubts, seriously. So, so anyway, he, he helps Gladys try to find her uncle, all this stuff. They give up. They they go on a hunting her. party. They go on a hunting party. He kills Jim. All that. Um, Accidentally. And so then later, David sees him rushing back to town. And then they all rush back and find him as well. And see, find the scene at the end of the book yes. where he's, he stabbed the painting. And it's essentially this idea, I think, that like he wants to become pure for Gladys. Yes. Which, you know... Is questionable. The whole Gladys storyline is just hard for me because I did not feel compelled by it at all. It seemed like they like had some actors on contract and they were like, what if we just added this romance I subplot? I think that they were trying to very much make it be like, he's not too gay. Um, no, don't worry. And I think, I think there were very much moments where it was just kind of kind of hide that. And I think they did want to make it more acceptable and more like a romance. 
with this Which person you knew since she was a child. It's not a romance, guys. It's not a romance. Um, um, great story, not a romance. In the traditional sense. So this was a movie. Don't don't watch it if you want it to be... If, if you don't look at it as an adaptation. Yes. I wouldn't watch it for fun either, but... I can see somebody watching it for fun. I can see, especially someone who is like alive during that time, being like, ah... 1945, this is what it used to be like. Yes. Like, it, it's very, as a film, it's very of the time, too. There are enough other problems with it that I would not watch it for pleasure. But I do think, I, I kept saying mostly as a joke, it's kind of camp. And I, I stand by that. It's kind of camp. I think most of the films at one point or other, actually, maybe not the last one. Yeah. But the last two were just kind of camp. The they first were two. leaning into the, the aesthetic in a fun way. So Great. we don't recommend it as an adaptation, but if you want to do it as a movie, why not? I would not. Spend you can try it. That two hours on it, though. Yeah, that two hours and um, however much it costs to rent, <laughs> maybe not worth it in the long run. I would give my soul to stay like that. Dorian Gray. The secret of Dorian Gray. Yes, Crazily. so the only movie, so, uh, okay, and it turns out we missed one in 1973, and I'm sorry about that. It looks similar to the 1945, so I don't feel that bad about it. It, it seems like a similar idea. But of the three movies that we watched, Emma's lying down. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a lot. Dorian Gray's a lot's happening. Um, so oh, of the three movies we watched, only the 1945 has the name, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Yes. In 1971, they released a movie called The Secret of Dorian Gray that was kind of like the spaghetti western of Dorian Gray adaptations. They called it an allegory. It is not an allegory. If they used a dictionary, it might have helped. Yes. It's also very obviously filmed in Italy. A bunch of people are American. They say they're in London. It's we, just We confusing. spent the entire time trying to figure out where, if there was English or American. Yes. Until they said they were in South London. Dorian Gray is so American. <laughs> yeah. And then like... And so Sybil. So is Sybil. Lord Henry goes between. <laughs> it some depends the, on the day. Some of the accents Basil like is not. like Basil is like DeForest Kelly in the original series of Star <laughs> Trek. Like, it's just not... <laughs> They couldn't decide. They could not so decide. So they did. And then every once in a um, while, there's a really British character in it. <laughs> but it is set in London, don't worry. So The Secret of Dorian um, Gray, we start off with a scene. There's a lamp swinging. <gasps> just like the 1945. And you hear Basil off screen being like, there's something about this painting. And then Dorian's like, you made me like this. And then it pauses. Stabs him. <laughs> and then we're on the title card for The Secret of Dorian Gray. And then they have this whole thing where he's walking down the stairs with blood on his hands. And it's like, you're seeing from Dorian's perspective. It's like a pretty low budget movie, but they were trying some things. But I also don't like that as like a filming. Sure, even if they were filming it like that. Yes. I feel like, because it's something shocking that Basil is killed by yes. this person who at the beginning was like, the picture of innocence. Yes, and which, it's by the way, in this, him he just is not. Murder. <laughs> yeah. Little note in this movie, great costumes. Great, great <laughs> costumes. Wonderful costumes. Great costumes. Great set design. Ooh. When we're in this like first person dream sequence of Dorian after he does a murder, again, at so the very zebra. beginning, there is a zebra print bathroom, there's a zebra print <laughs> living room. He's dressed like he's about to do some improv at the theater. <laughs> He, at one point, he sits down on like and watches the fire and is petting his black cat. Like it's who was very obviously a like vibe. a puppet of a cat. It is not a cat. His tongue is out. 
<laughs> the tongue is out. It looks like Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like, it's just not. It's set in the 70s. And yes. there's this guy named Dorian Gray. Really? He does have, like, look, we gotta have some Orientalism real quick. There are these, like, Buddha things all over his house. And there's yes. other, like, vaguely, like, East Asian things all around. And then later some, like, vaguely South Asian things around. There's just a, a lot of that. Yeah. And then we go back in time. <laughs> As you do, and we I start off at a bar where there's a drag queen performing. Yes. Cool. It's not really explained what's going on there, but um, they're watching a drag queen perform, and then they leave. Yeah, Basil's there, and there's a man who we don't get the name of for a while, but we I later find Alan's out that's Alan. There. Yes. But we just don't find that out for a very long time. And then he's just like, he's driving himself home. He's like, I just saw a drag queen living my life. <laughs> Um, and he sees this, like, thing for a theater. He sees that Romeo and Juliet is gonna go up. It's not up so yet. Goes he just, in. like, goes into the theater, and there's and one <laughs> person in the theater, and she's just she's delivering her lines by herself. Probably she, practicing, seriously. Yeah, probably. And she and she's, like, wearing her Juliet dress, but she has, like, corduroy pants on underneath. <laughs> Why not? Because it's um, the 70s. So, so, that, so they exchange some lines talk a little bit, end up going and getting food together. Yeah, they have this whole montage of, like, a date, and it's and all having one night. sex. Like, it's a and whole then they go back thing. to the theater. <laughs> and have sex on the stage in a bed. <laughs> on the stage bed. It's like you they have completely undress, and then they go up and close the curtains, and then, like, in case you didn't understand what was happening. You have homes. <laughs> go to your home. You're in a theater. Anyone can wander in. Anyway. They're on the stage, too. But but I think it is also very much trying to be like it's not quite either of their lives. It's very much trying to be this this staged thing. It's, and then the it's not morning, of this world. Right. The next morning you see them like driving around and she's like, Were you surprised I was a virgin? And it's like, Oh, this is the kind of movie we're gonna have. Okay. Yeah. Um, Great. We're in for a treat. <laughs> there were a few shots where I thought I could see like equipment poking in a little bit, but I couldn't tell if that was a weird like screen thing. It's hard to tell if it's like poor editing or if there's like actually like equipment peeking in there. This is not a very well made movie. Great costumes. Though. Great costumes. <laughs> Again, want to keep that in there. They do quote Oscar Wilde a little bit. Oscar Wilde exists in this universe. He takes Sybil to his country house. And they have, like, a, a little thing where she's like, ah, you take all your girls here, don't you? And he's like, no, I care about you. And, and then he chases away. her across the countryside, um, and then they have sex under a tree. <laughs> but then, at the end of this, she says, I want to keep acting. And she's very adamant about that. Mm -hmm. And he's um, like, I want you to keep acting. And he's like, sure, whatever. So I want you to come home you. with me. And so this is still a questionable, but okay, relationship. It's 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 stable. Probably mm -hmm. badly stable. During this time, he also meets Lord Harry, and the portrait is finished. The portrait was not finished before he met Sybil. The portrait is, is the most <laughs> 70s thing I've ever seen. He is-, he is Yeah, please, okay. please paint so a picture. So he's wearing some, like, low-cut jeans. He has a wonderful, like, a giant belt buckle that's golden. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he- don't worry, he is shirtless. But he um, has a green tie No, it's purple. It's purple? <laughs> it's a purple tie. Um, that's, like, kind of artfully undone. Oh. His hair is, like, swooped back. It's a very- has 70s hairstyle. It's a- beautiful painting and I would completely believe if that person killed someone. He <laughs> Once again. He's looking at the like viewer like he wants to kill. But it's definitely the picture of innocence. Look, the actors who play Basil get it. May I just say. The, any actor who plays Basil is putting us all into being in love with Dorian Gray. Yeah. But he also like meets Lord Henry and Lord Henry's sister Gwendolyn. 
all of them. This it's just all everyone being into Dorian Gray. Everyone is into everyone. Dorian Gray. Everybody. The first sex scene of the movie that is not with Sybil, Sybil. is with Gwendolyn. While he is still with Sybil, and it is so drawn out. No, no, that one. It's that they go into the bush together, and that's it. That's we that's right. There's see a brief moment, that. but then later, but, he's but no, like, but I'm gonna peace out. And but that's after Sybil. He's broken up with Sybil. He has not. No, I thought they they were in the bush, and then they went to the play, and then oh, he maybe. had this whole thing, and then he went home. He went back with Lord Harry with and Lord Gwendolyn, Henry. and Lord Harry's like, "Hey, you should definitely say goodnight to my sister." In a yeah. very creepy way. Like, it was a little too incesty for me. Yeah, and then she comes downstairs in this, like, I guess it's supposed to be, like, lingerie. It just looked weird to me. I had no <laughs> idea what it, I had no idea what it was. It but was, like, like, this robe kind and, of... And Harry just, like, stares at her for a second, <laughs> and it's like, okay? Siblings, guys. Siblings. Uh, sibling, normal sibling behavior. And uh. then they... Have a, a long sex scene that has some BDSM sprinkled in. Just, just like for, at the end. It is fun. Let me say, there are like four minutes of this <laughs> sex scene. And then all of a sudden there's a belt that comes out of nowhere. And they just like do some BDSM for a second. And then the scene ends. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it's a questionable. They, they, it was definitely because they could. They just felt like doing it. For they sure. They like, why, why not? Yeah, there's a lot of dramatic zoom-ins on faces. There's just a lot going on. And then we just see some time passing. He breaks it off with Sybil, and Sybil, instead of, like, taking poison, uh, just, like, runs in front of a bus. He hits Sybil, too. He does- he slaps her in the face. Because- So she's jealous at this point, um, because she rightly so is like, you- you have been with these women. And- and he's like, no, never! And he slaps her. Well, it's a line. I'm not sure if we can say it. It's a line. It's cut off. Where she's like, because he has a big... Oh, yeah. And then he slaps her. <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. She's like, yeah, no, here's Dorian Gray. He has the biggest that he slaps. And it's like, oh, really? We had to make it... <laughs> we had to make sure... We, <laughs> we had to, like, compliment him in the insults? Okay. It was a weird thing. Anyway, time passes. He doesn't feel a lot about Sybil running into traffic for him. And then he... So then we have all this kind of, like, time going by. Time goes by. He, he starts doing porn. He starts doing porn. He's having sex with a lot of women very openly. He, he is, he is then, he's like, then the women want to have sex with him, and then he pushes them into a room together, and then and they like, have sex. You, have, you guys have sex. So he's also supporting lesbian. <laughs> okay, I like... Ally! Um, and, then, <laughs> and then he goes into a shower, and this is the scariest scene ever. Um... <laughs> I'm not going to describe it in great detail, but Lord Henry's face comes out of nowhere. This face is a scary face, ladies and gentlemen and yeah. people. And so and so we have that lovely scene where Lord Henry and him are definitely having sex in the shower. He also just, like, finds a random guy on the side of the road and they, like, <laughs> look at each other in a bathroom. Wait, so they're both in urinals, and then, but they have one urinal part, but they're staring at each other really, really hard. Like, it's so stupid that this is the part of the Dorian Gray adaptation we're talking about, but this is truly stupid so much of the movie is just like this guy and look he's bad at it i need to i just need to say he's not it's even true. convincing like whenever he kisses someone it looks like he's trying to absorb them into his face it is not a pleasant viewing experience it was, not. It, was it was a lovely time i'm glad we spaced it out over three days 
he runs into Alan again, and Alan is married, and he meets Alan's wife, who is, like, younger and hot, and he, like, coerces her into having sex with him. I think it's straight up rape at some point. At a certain point. And he, his friend, who shoots all of his porn for him, takes photos. So it is also, I don't even know what the word is for that. That's, like, a whole other kind but of assault. non-consensual, like, taking pictures of intimately. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's bad. We'll, we'll say that. And so then later, he this is what he uses to blackmail Alan in this version. Yes. And he kind um, of like kills Basil in the classic way. There's not a lot to go into there. Yeah, they do the swinging much. light thing, which they had to have ripped from the 1945 version. Yeah, but it was just kind of a throwaway thing that wasn't in the novel or literary thing at all. Yeah. In the magazine. He blackmails Alan with those photos with his wife to uh, get rid of Basil's body and at one point he's like leaving a club and Sybil's brother Jim finds him again and like has that moment that they always have together where they say like oh like you're too young to be him I'm sorry but and there then, wasn't much about Jim that was different shout out to these two guys outside the club who are horribly ADR'd like none of the words they're saying are matching up with the, the way they their mouths their are best. moving they, they changed all of their lines afterwards in post and they just did not even try uh, but shout out to them they were trying um, I honestly forget what happens after this point. <laughs> but I think he does, when he goes back to the painting, he's he's not doing it in a hopeful, let's see if it has changed, if it has gotten better way. He's doing it because he wants to kind of see how terrible he is. And he has decided to destroy it. Yeah. And then he, instead of slashing the painting, he kills himself in kills this movie. Himself, straight up. He, and it, it turns out the same, like he's, it's the same outcome. Um, but instead of, it's like an intentional act of suicide rather yes. than an accidental one. So for this movie, as an adaptation, <laughs> bad. But as a movie, kind of fun. <laughs> like in a really terrible way. Really camp. Really, really camp. But not um, in a good way. <laughs> some scenes are truly uncomfortable. <laughs> some scenes are like, parts of it are borderline unwatchable. Yes. But it's a little funny, just because it's so out of pocket. It's not the picture of Dorian Gray. Not at all. <laughs> but they tried. <laughs> not um, even. They kind of read. If you're really into, like, 1970s porn. sexual liberation. Or, or uh, sexual liberation. Yeah, slash just straight up porn. I, I mean, <laughs> do what you it. want. We're not gonna live your truth. Don't tell us about it. Somehow felt more homophobic than the 1945 version. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It, it managed to be more homophobic while having multiple sex scenes of with men, men and women. Yeah. So. So, I mean, again, not my cup of tea. <laughs> Maybe you'll enjoy Live it. Live your heart's content. Live your heart's content. Ben Barnes, our darling. Yes, so in 2010, oh, I didn't read the description of The Secret of Dorian Gray. That's fine. Yeah. I don't I don't care. <laughs> okay. It was just like he's in love with an actress. 2010, Dorian Gray. It is not called The Picture of Dorian Gray. It's just called it's Dorian, Dorian Gray. Gray. A corrupt young man somehow keeps his youthful beauty eternally, but a special painting gradually reveals his inner ugliness to all. Horror, suspense, dark, and frightening. Yeah. I guess. Ben so, Barnes, yes. 
Ben Barnes so is Dorian Gray. As Dorian Gray. We've decided he probably is Dorian Gray. Because um, he has not aged, like, since this movie came out. And specifically since this movie came out. Yeah. We have done research. L- look up Ben Barnes through time. And you'll see you'll get around 2010-ish, and kind of when he was filming this, so a couple years before. He stops aging. Like, he grew a beard, but that's it. I think the ring- there are a couple wrinkles, but I think that's makeup. He's definitely hiding something. He's actually Dorian Gray. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, anyway, Ben Barnes. He's also um, a great Dorian Gray because he he emotes, first of all. So Ben Barnes has always been typecast as these, like, Evil. pretty but scary guys. Yes. And that works because he, he does works. this thing in this movie. He's not- He's so I've perfectly I've never thought of Ben Barnes as a great actor, but he does this thing in this movie where he, like, puts on the innocent face, and it's like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Like, yeah. And I think it does give Dorian, he's more thoughtfully manipulative mm-hmm. in a way that I think in the book he's more just like kind of going along his way and his face sometimes like, like is, is so innocent that people can't even believe it. But this very much gives him like a, he's planning it out. I think he plans to kill Basil, but he plans to kill him in this one in a way that's chilling. Yes. It's chilling for sure. This but it plays a lot into his the effects of his grandfather on yeah. him. In a way that feels very 2010s. We're starting to get into that romance trope of like all men have this like dark backstory where they've been traumatized. Yes. And this is specifically like he has like whip marks on his back from his grandfather. And then at a certain point they go away because of the portrait. And then Sybil says, oh, you're perfect. Right. But especially, specifically in- that visual of like yes. the whip marks on the back, I can think of like five other things yeah, that, that did that yeah. exact thing. And in, definitely in books too. Definitely in books. Yeah. Um, especially young adult. Young like, adult of that yeah. time, yeah, that's a, that was a big thing. But this plays a lot into the idea. Into it, yes. So definitely of its era in the same way that the yes. other movies were <laughs> in that sense. But it plays a lot into that idea of like he doesn't want to become his grandfather, which I I don't hate as a movie. I don't love as an adaptation choice because that feels somewhat like antithesis to the way that they operate. The Victorians. Yeah. No, I think it is. I like that in the book. It's mentioned like two or three times, kind of thing. Yeah. Like you could skip over it in a way that if you if you're thinking about Dorian Gray, it does seem ever present in all of his actions, mm-hmm. and like that he is constantly thinking about it and it is constantly in some way controlling him. In a book, it does seem very Victorian to be like mention it once or twice. It's controlling everything yes. we do, but we're not going to actually talk about it. Absolutely. Um, but I think in in a 2010 movie, it might be. I, I like that they brought it forward more. It seemed like it was interacting more with that. Absolutely. This is my favorite portrait. I like yes, the way the portrait looked in this portrait. one. Yeah. Harry is played by Colin Firth. Colin Firth, damn. Colin Firth. Um, he was not he was like not book perfect. Harry in a lot of ways. He was. A, yeah, I think he, he was, was the a, best Harry. But in many he ways, he is direct. too serious. He's blunt. He's blunt. Yes. He's a little bit too like. He's not. He's, not a he's a little too man. mean. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Well, in no, like I think a, Harry is like a. He is mean, but he's not... But he puts a smile on it. Yes. Right? He's uh, not openly so. And Colin Firth was l- playing a little bit more fault. with... Yeah, he's being a little more direct. He's also a little bit more moody in a way that I think Lord Henry kind of... He's a little, he's a little like, removed from all of this. He's... It's an experiment. It's, huh, what will Dorian do now? Yes. It's like, whoa, Basil's, like, in love with him. That's kind of interesting. Exactly. But it's more like a science experiment. Like, let's watch these people do what they do instead of, like, I am deeply emotionally involved in this. And he is kind of looking at his own emotions like, huh, that's kind of interesting, too. And it's fascinating. And Colin does not play at all. 
Colin is very good at pining over people. Shout out Pine Avengers 1995. But he is pining he, he, after he Dorian Gray. He is, there's some strong pining. And I think he does keep it enough that he's like not possessive or anything. Mm-hmm. But great pining, he pushed a little bit too far in other places. They expedite the first bit of the novel. Yeah. So a lot happens in the first year. Including him killing Basil, which is a weird thing. There are a lot of sex scenes in this that are just much less explicit than the previous movie. A lot more explicitly BDSM. It does feel less coercion-y. It it does feel less... It feels more... It feels more judgmental of BDSM instead of being like, this is not what a consensual relationship looks like. Exactly. Or consensual Um, hookup. It it felt more like it was like, oh, he's doing all this weird deviant stuff sexually. And it's not that he's doing it with people who don't want to do it. It's that he's doing it with this consenting group of people. And it's kind of like just looking down on that in general. And I don't love that. Yeah. He does sleep with Basil. Before he kills him. Which, no! <laughs> it just Stop fell. it! This is line in the book where he's thinking about his relationship with Basil. There was something tragic in a friendship so colored by romance. Something infinitely tragic in a romance that was at once so passionate and so sterile. And so I thought it was wrong to make him sleep with Basil. And he very much initiated it in a way that it was to get Basil to shut up about the painting in a way that was very manipulative Dorian Gray kind of moment. I, it felt I disingenuous not, I to like the book. that. Yeah, it was kind it of like a line. it was kind of like ooh, we're like progressive and changing this thing from the book, and it's no, like but that's not really what like the to spirit. Be with there is also a... He, like, kills Basil. All these things happen. Harry has a daughter. It's another Hetty moment, but they just wanted to dress up Hetty as someone else to make her a bigger thing, honestly. Again, they kind of tried to romance it. It's not a romance, guys. He's not a magically better person. And also, he's at least 20 years older than this girl. And he knew her parents before she was born. It's just, it feels bad. She's, um, the actress is good, like they try, you know. Um, yeah, the actress is, is good, but yeah, I it's mean, just she not have much to work with. It's not compelling as a romance in any way. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like they're trying to like soften Dorian at the end. Yeah. To be like, oh, he is capable of love and he's capable of changing, but the portrait still is revealing what he used to be. And it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. Like, in this version... Like, he gets saved in this version. In this version... Not in an actual way, but in, like, an emotional... They they try to redeem him being like, oh my gosh. In a way that very much plays into, like, don't worry, the women can save you. Yes, don't worry. In a way that I think is present at some point in all of these That will happen. Which feels very mean in this version, mostly because he coerced... Tried to save him. Right, like, Sybil tried to save him, and he, like, kind of coerced her into having sex early again. But this time by saying, like, I love you, and, like, let's get married essentially and then like having a fight with her when it comes to having children which it turns out she was already pregnant so she, she drowns, drowns herself after she kills herself um, she drowns herself in a river a la ophelia they have the first <laughs> time he sees her act be ophelia in this yeah so it's very much kind of trying to make it pretty but they don't really lord henry doesn't really talk about kind of the romance of having someone kill themselves for love of you yes yeah, so he's just kind of like we want experience <laughs> Um, That's the exact voice. Dorian leaves for like 25 years or something. And then he comes back and everyone else is 85 years old. Yeah, Um, which is weird. (laughs) And also, why was he away from the painting for that long? Yeah, it didn't quite 
fit. You didn't see the whole like personal corruption that happens over time and if him like because he does have moments in the book where he's like, I'm gonna try to be good. Yeah, and, and then he, just he kind of like those... gets bored. He just kind of like keeps doing opium and like yeah. having sex with people and that's Presumably because that's just as bad. Because that's that's like, that's just as bad as wanting to sin in other ways. I don't yeah. really get it. No, they didn't really go into I think there's a lot of stuff he does with like money too in the in the book that just is not it's not all about having sex. Yeah, it's also about just being bad to people. Yes. And that doesn't really come across other than the fact that he kills Basil and kind of Sybil by by proxy. He's just kind of a dick. Exactly. But he's not he's not terrible. Besides when he openly kills people. Yeah, other than the murder, he's it feels fine. No, it just feels like he's they they don't want to vilify him. They, they don't. don't want him to be that bad, but then he has these moments where he's like, I'm going to manipulate this person into coming up to this room so I can kill them without anyone seeing. And like I felt like Ben Bard's performance was playing into that. Yes. But the writing wasn't. <laughs> the writing was not. In the way that Ben Barnes, wonderful job. Yeah. So he does he marries Harry's daughter. God, um, and then yes. Harry rushes to the house and finds the portrait and sets it on fire because that's necessary, Harry. Great work. Instead of going after Dorian, you go after this one painting. Yeah, cool. Um, oh, actually, in this one too, Lord Henry is much more aware because he he kind of says like to Dorian at the beginning in that scene, "Will you sell yourself your soul to the devil to make this painting?" kind of show your sins and not you. And so I think he, at this point he's like, huh, maybe that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So but the painting Dorian does- Storming in. Dorian too. comes storming in. He does stab the painting after a moment with Harry's daughter where she's kind of like, I can save you. And he's like, nah. He's like, go, he go tried, He's leave. like prying her hands off the bars. Which is like kind of trying to make him into this romantic hero and I don't love it. Yeah. And then he stabs the painting even though it's already on fire, but like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Cool. He must also stab, stab it. it. CGI's alright. Later we see the painting survive. The frame did not, but the painting survived and it's this beautiful This beautiful face again. This beautiful face again. And his body is presumably burnt to a crisp. Yes, we do see it as horrible for a second before the scene changes. Yes. But it, presumably his body was mortal and died, I would assume, in a fire. <laughs> really? And that's the movie. And now Harry and his daughter don't talk anymore. Because she's mad at him. She's mad at him, question mark. Um, I don't know. That but there, there's also very much a moment where, so Harry, after setting that on fire, goes out, shuts the, the barred doors, and then he he locks it, and then he, like, opens a, he, he rips a lamp off the wall, and it's a gas lamp, so he yeah, starts so. the gas. And so, but Dorian Gray decide like he has a key around his neck and yet he decides not to yes he decides to stab the painting but he is also deciding to kill himself yeah um it's like the decision is kind of taken out of his hands but he still kind of makes it yeah um i don't know i didn't love the ending i didn't love because the whole, I think the whole like it. reason that he wants to kill it, it very much is kind of playing into the like he's he's trying to be better and like he's trying to take that painting down with him yes in a way that's just not true. Yeah. He had hope. He wanted to, to at least not see how terrible he was. Yeah. The 2010 Dorian Gray. If you want to see a portrayal of Dorian, mm -hmm. Ben Barnes was good. Yes. As an adaptation, not great. Not great. Um, really, none of these were None of these great. were great. As a movie, knock yourself out. I'd it's probably fine. say it's the best movie out of the three. It's um, the one I would watch if I were going to watch. Yeah, adaptation. Me too. I, I would not watch it before. 
No, probably not. It's fine. So, um, for our rankings, we currently have at number two, House of Mirth, at number three, Ten of Wildfell Hall, and at number five, Northanger Abbey, for our how we enjoyed the books ranking. Thing is, I have high hopes for Mrs. Dalloway, and I really like this book. I don't think it, yeah. it deserves fourth. I agree. Should we just put it at one? And poor Mrs. Dalloway, Dalloway will be resigned to her fate. Sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like that is Mrs. Dalloway from what I know. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. We'll do. We'll also do our official ranking. Yes, we'll do our is, official rankings later. But this is just our... So um, then in terms of adaptability, mm-hmm. we have House of Mirth at two, The Ten of Waffle Hall at three, and Northanger Abbey at four. I think this deserves five. I was going to say, my hot take was going to be that it's at number five. That, yeah, I don't think that's hot. Because I think it, it'd be a lot easier... We were talking about this earlier, but like it, it would be a lot easier to make a better adaptation than these three, I think. And but it would be hard to make a really good one because I think part of the thing about Dorian is he's so otherworldly. And I think there's also just something in Oscar Wilde's written word that is really hard to portray on camera. So that is like it's movie, such yeah. an experience when you're reading it. We have describing them in a way that's both questioning and saying this is what they're thinking. Yeah, in a way that. That is, I think all of the adaptations should involve the art, like that, that Sybil's art got a lot worse, Mm -hmm. but I think it takes away from all of that. So with that, Dorian Gray takes our number one spot for books and number five spot for adaptability. Sorry, Oscar. (laughs) Maybe there's a lesson in here about how things that are good books may not be good movies. Maybe. Oops. Well, thank you for listening, as always, to this podcast. This was a podcast. Thank you. This was a podcast. Thank you so much. Oscar, we love you. Forever. See you next week. Bye. Down the way. For our final <gasps> episode. It's coming up. <gasps> Bye. Bye. In this week's episode, we discussed Oscar Wilde's original and uncensored The Picture of Dorian Gray, written in 1889 and first published in 2011. Oscar Wilde's novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray, published in 1891. The film, The Picture of Dorian Gray, 1945, directed by Albert Lewin and available on Amazon Prime. The film, The Secret of Dorian Gray, 1970, directed by Marcino Dormano, written by Marcelo Cosia, Marcino Dormano, and Gunther Albert, and available on Amazon Prime. In the film, Dorian Gray, 2010, directed by Oliver Parker, written by Toby Finley, and available on Amazon Prime. Thank you for listening, and please come back next week for our final episode.